0: Bibles, please go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, starting in verse 4. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible right in front of you, and uh, we also have the scripture here on the screen. So, John chapter 4, starting in verse 4, says this Now he, meaning Jesus, had to go th- through Samaria. So he came uh, to a town in Samaria called Sychar uh, near the plot. "'How can you ask me for a drink? "'For Jews do not associate with Samaritans.' "'Jesus answered her, "'If you knew the gift of God "'and who it is that is asking you for a drink, "'you would have asked him "'and he would have given you living water. "'Sir,' this woman said, "'you have nothing to draw with "'and the well is deep. "'Where can you get this living water?' So we're continuing a series called Encounters with Jesus. And we've been talking about the different encounters that Jesus had with different people in the New Testament. And many times when we think about the encounters that the Messiah would have, with people, we would assume that he would encounter people that had their lives all together. The people that had perfect marriages. The people that had their children they were all disciplined. They had their finances in order that didn't commit or ever committed any sins. But what we discovered through this series is that the people that Jesus decided to encounter were very counterintuitive. Like We would have never imagined that someone with so much power, so much authority, would decide to encounter the types of people that Jesus encountered. We've talked about this before, that one of the accusations toward Jesus was this. He welcomes sinners and eats with them. And when I think about that phrase, I can't stop thinking about our church. Because, because our church could be known for many things. It could be known because of, hey, we got great facilities. We got a great budget. We've got great numbers. We've got all these things. But, but what I want our church to be known for is one thing and one thing primarily. At Downey First Christian Church, that church, they welcome sinners and they eat with them. And so the reason why I think some churches don't attract the people that Jesus attracted is because it is very possible that these churches aren't preaching or these pastors aren't preaching the message that Jesus preached. And so I want us to think about that collectively. I don't want us to think about that individually. And so that's what this series is all about. And we've noticed this, the people that Jesus encountered, were unlikely people. Nicodemus, remember the first week, then it was the 10 lepers, then it was the woman caught in adultery, and then it was the rich young ruler last week. And today we're gonna to talk about the woman at the well. It's a very interesting story. Have you ever felt rejection towards something? Anyone? No? Just me? Okay. So my, my daughter and I were walking into our house the other day, and all of a sudden I hear A scream. It was my daughter screaming. She saw a spider. Now, I grew up in a third world country. So when I see a spider, I look at the spider, I grab it and I squish it with my finger. No problem. I grew up with spiders. I grew up with bugs in a third world country in the 80s. I have no problem with bugs. I slept with bugs, no problem whatsoever. So my question to you today, is there something in your life that you feel rejection toward? Maybe it's not bugs. Maybe it's certain types of people. Like maybe there's certain people that cause you certain rejection. I don't know about you, but like complainers to me, I'm like, no. Negative people, no. Sometimes maybe for you, it's people who are too energetic, right? Maybe fast talkers, maybe slow talkers, maybe close talkers. Like what is it that bothers you? Too much eye contact, maybe, or not enough eye contact. Is there certain personalities that you feel certain rejection toward? Now, I think it's fine that there's certain things that may bother us about certain people. But when it becomes a problem is when it's not just a certain person, but it's a certain people group. And this is the problem that the, that the Jews had. In fact, you could argue that the, one of the issues that the disciples were dealing with and Jesus was confronting was a problem of racism. You see, they saw a certain type of people as inferior to them, as half-breeds, a group of people that they felt rejection toward. This group of people were called Samaritans. And the Jews would go to a very high cost to avoid them very high cost. They were considered half-breeds, and this rivalry between the Jewish community and the Samaritans went on for a long time, a long time. What would you consider a long time to have a dispute with someone? Okay, I've heard people like five years. I haven't talked to my, my son in five years, and I'm like, that's terrible. I'm sorry for, about that. Or 10 years. I haven't, I haven't talked to my brother in 10 years. I've heard of that before. This rivalry between the Jews and the Samaritans went on for 550 years. So it was a long, long, long time. And this hatred against the Samaritans went so deep that they would go an extra day's journey. They'd have to cross the Jordan in order to just avoid going through Samaria. But of Jesus, of course, was different. In verse 4, we read that, that Jesus had to go through Samaria. I, I love the fact that it doesn't say Jesus went through Samaria. It says Jesus had to go through Samaria. Because, of course, when he said to his disciples, oh, we're going to go through Samaria, Samaria, they were like, what? We don't go through Samaria. We don't do this. This is not something that we do. They are half-breeds. We don't mix with pagans. But, of course, Jesus breaking all the rules, he says, we're going through there. Why? He had a mission to accomplish. He, he did something that no Jew would ever do. And honestly, it's, it's hard to find a parallel, a modern-day parallel, between between this woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well, and and our present period of time. You see, what Jesus did by talking to this woman was so politically incorrect, it was so inappropriate, it was so unpopular, There were so many cultural reasons why Jesus should never interact with this person. I'm going to give you a few of these reasons. Number one, she was a female. Okay, back then, a female. they They were considered second class. A Jewish man would never talk even to his wife in public. Let alone a Jewish rabbi, Jesus, talked to a female in public who, on top of that, was a stranger. And a female who wasn't his wife... And not just any kind of stranger, but a Samaritan woman. Also, she was a divorcee. She had been divorced, which we're like, okay, divorce. Well, okay. Divorce used to be a big deal in the church. Like, if you go back a couple of decades ago, some churches would have asked a person to leave the church if that person was divorced. In California, you, you hear about divorce, and you're like, okay, well, yeah, I've been divorced once, I've been divorced twice, oh, twice, okay, twice, three times, oh, three times? So you're like, div- being divorced three times, even in California, which is so progressive, is not that common, especially for a guy. I've been divorced three times, okay, so you have an, maybe an, an image of who that person is, right? And then, but, but a woman, even in California... I've been divorced three times. A woman says that, you're like, okay, that's, that's less, less common. But imagine this was 2,000 years ago. This was a woman, a Samaritan woman. She had not been divorced once, nor twice, nor three times. We discover in the scriptures she had been divorced five times. And the, woman, the, guy, the man that she was currently with wasn't even her husband. And so it's important for us to understand how extremely outrageous it was. And the reason why I think it's for for us to try to picture ourselves in that circumstance is so that we can understand the level of rejection that this woman felt by everyone in society. In fact, the reason why she went in the heat of the day, the scripture tells us, she went out to get water in the heat of the day. No one went to the well in the heat of the day. The women would go either early in the morning or late in the afternoon because it's too hot. Why did she go there in the heat of the day? Because she was embarrassed and she was rejected by everyone. No wonder Jesus had to go through Samaria. He had, man, Jesus had to go. I have to go. I have to meet this woman. And the reason why he had to go and meet this woman is so that he could offer her what we're going to discover here in a little bit. And so then 2,000 years later, we can read the scripture and we can realize that if there is hope for this woman, there's also hope for you and there's also hope for me and there's hope for everyone that you know. And so Jesus comes into town and sits by the well. And this is no ordinary well. This is a, a well that has historical significance. This well represented the hope of Israel that was given to Abraham in that moment. This was a, a hope for Israel that that had been, let's say, partially fulfilled, and that now it seemed like that promise was far back in the memories of the Jewish community. But but they were there, they were there. This this, this rejected woman was there, and Jesus was there with her at this well. This woman who by all parameters would have been considered by everyone disqualified, unworthy, second class, unnecessary, worthy of shame, an embarrassment to the community. Jesus had to go through Samaria because he had to meet her. It's not like, oh, i got to meet this woman. No, I have to meet her. I have to. Jesus is tired and he takes a break, right? In the heat of the day, he's sitting by that That well, verse 7 says, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Immediately, as we just learned, breaking all the rules. This is why she responds in verse 9, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? So maybe you're here today and you're convinced that Jesus would never talk to you. You're convinced that Jesus would would never have to meet you and go out of his way to have a conversation with you because you feel disqualified or perhaps you feel unworthy or you feel way too sinful for Jesus to ever talk to you or ever look at you. Well, I want you to think again. Because in verse 10, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is asking you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. So not only did he talk to this woman, this Samaritan woman, this divorcee, this unqualified person, but he offered her eternal life. It's not, that's, that's, that's very important. That's very important. But when when she heard the concept of water and, and this living water, she probably wouldn't have understood exactly what he meant. And maybe you're here today and you don't understand exactly what that means. Like, what does it mean? Like, what does this living water mean that Jesus is offering? And so for the few minutes that I have left here, I want to try to unpack this for you. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been thirsty? Have we ever been thirsty? Oh, man, I'm thirsty. So thirsty, Have ever felt that? It brings me back to when I was a, I was a kid in the '80s riding my bike in the middle of summer. I was, I got thirsty, man. I wanted water. So you go up to a house and you yell, "Hello, right? You ask for water. Hey, can I have, a, can I have a drink of water? You know, I do un poquito de agua, in Spanish. And you usually get the hose, right? Here's the hose. So you turn on the hose, and there's a, there's a lesson that you only learn once and you never forget it, right? You start drinking right away, that's, no, that's too early. You got to let some water go by it, right? You'll burn your face. You'll drink that horrible warm water. You never forget that. You know, some of you younger generation are like, wait, what? What are you talking about? It's exactly what we went through. Sometimes they'd be nicer and they'd offer you a glass of water, you know, a tap, glass of water. But there's, there was this one time that I'll never forget. I was so thirsty and this woman came out and she gave me a glass of Coca-Cola with ice in it. And I'm like, oh, holy cow. That was beautiful. It was so good. There is nothing, nothing like quenching your thirst with your favorite drink, right? So I remember that. And so the reason why I share that is that, is that as you know, that drink can be amazing. But, but in a little while, you'll drink that, and then in a little while, you're going to be thirsty again. You're going, to, you're going to want to drink more water. It's, it's, going to, it's not going to be permanent. So we understand that we have to constantly be hydrating ourselves. And let me give you six reasons why a hydration is essential for general health. Number one, improved brain performance. Number two, ju- digestive harmony. Number three, more energy. Number four, weight control. Number five, decreased joint pain. Number six, healthier heart. Some of you guys aren't going to remember anything from the sermon. They're going to be like, what did Pastor Josh preach on? I think he told us to drink more water. That's not the message. That's not the message. That's not the message. My question to you is, wouldn't it be nice to have a liquid that would quench your thirst for more than just a few hours? See, if you don't have water in three days, you're dead. However, Jesus makes an amazing claim to this woman. In verse 13, he says, Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water, referring to the water in the well, he says, Anyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again right? You're going to be thirsty. Like it'll, it'll feel good for a little bit, but then you're going to be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. That's a big, big promise. Will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus is saying, that's just water. It will satisfy you physically for a period of time. But there is a water that if you drink from that water, it will quench your spirit eternally. That's, what, that's the claim that Jesus is making. And so what this woman needed is what each of us need today. Some of you here are so thirsty. You are so thirsty. You need to drink from the well of life. Which brings me back to a story in Chile. You guys know I grew up as a missionary in South America. And we had a, we had a team of doctors come and help out you know, with the community and stuff like that. And so one of the things that they would do is they would do a hydration test. And the hydration test was very simple. You would go to the dorsal side of your hand and you would pinch it. right? So you pinch it and then you let go. And if, and if it goes right back down, that means you're pretty good. But if it stays up for a while, that means you're dehydrated. The doctors were concerned because they would, some of you guys are pinching yourselves right now. Don't get distracted. You can do it after the service. But yeah, you can test it real quick, right? And then you'll realize whether or not you're dehydrated. And the doctors were amazed because in Chile, all people drink is tea. And so every single person that they tested was highly, highly dehydrated. So the reason why I share that is, I want to ask you this question. If you made a... uh, A hydration test in your spirit. How are you doing? Maybe you're here today and you're feeling spiritually dehydrated. You know, the body will die if it doesn't get water within three days. And you will die spiritually without living water. The living water that Jesus can give you, you will die spiritually if you don't drink from that water. The psalmist says in Psalm 63, 1 says, You God are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Maybe you're here and you're desperate for living water. You know that. You know that you're desperate. There's something that's missing in your heart right now. You need living water. Maybe you've been looking everywhere and you haven't found it. You've been drinking waters that make you feel better for a while, but three days later, later, three weeks later, three months later, you feel just as as dry on the inside as you ever have. It's like a mirage in the desert. Oh, there's water. You go and you're like, there's nothing here. Maybe you've been looking over and over again, seeking out living water, and it satisfies for a little bit, but then you're like, I don't have this thing that my soul is seeking for. See, the Samaritan woman had been chasing these mirages and all the different relationships that she had. And she realized when she met Jesus... That she was empty on the inside and she needed this living water. Maybe you're here today and you're realizing that in this world, there are so many things around that look like living water, but once you partake of those, they will never be enough. Maybe it's success, maybe it's money, maybe it's relationships, fame, entertainment, all these things in life, and you realize, no, they may all seem like water, but the moment you come close, you it will leave you wanting Verse 14 says this, and I'm going I'm to end with this. It says, but whoever, this is the promise, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Never thirst. And he takes it even further. He makes an even bolder claim to this woman. Not only will she never thirst again, but indeed the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. There's one word that I love that it says there, and it says, whoever Whoever. I love that it says that it says whoever, because that means you and me, and that person that you feel does not qualify, that's also whoever. Whoever comes to the well of life and drinks from the water. You see, that's why Jesus had to go through Samaria. That's what it means, that's what he means by whoever. A woman that by all possible metrics was 100% disqualified. Everyone is invited to drink from the water of life. Never thirst is a big promise. But he takes it even further. You drink this water and not only will you never thirst again, but in you a spring of water will appear that will well up and overflow into eternal life. Here's the promise. This is the message right here. This is the promise. The invitation is to drink from the water. The promise is that you will never thirst again. And the invitation is for whoever, whoever is thirsty. So my question to you today is this. Do you come thirsty? Are you thirsty? Because if you're thirsty, there's water. There's water from the well. There's a thirst that we all have. I have it too. I need, to, I need to keep coming to that water. I need Jesus every single day. So if that's you today, this message is for you. So what we're gonna do now is I'm gonna ask if you could close your eyes and bow your heads and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a few things and then we're gonna pray. Because <clears throat> maybe you're here and you're thirsty. Maybe you're here and you feel spiritually dehydrated. And you need Jesus But maybe you feel like he would would never talk to you. He would never come to you. I want you to think again. Jesus had to go to Samaria. He had to encounter this woman. And he's here today to encounter you today. And all you have to do is drink. Maybe you're here and you're feeling thirsty. And you don't need another sermon, you don't need another piece of advice, you don't need another person to motivate you. You've, you've done all this before and it doesn't fill you, it, doesn't, it still leaves you wanting more. That's because you need living water and you will only find it in Jesus. You see, the well is deep, there's lots of water, there's enough for everybody, so with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, if you want to drink from the well of life who is Jesus himself, I want you to raise your hand and I'm going to pray for you. Amen. 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 Lord God, thank you for these moments that we share together. Thank you, God, because you, you use this beautiful metaphor of water, this essential thing that we all need in order to survive. Thank you, God, because you make this this parallel with this woman at the well where there's water that satisfies for a while, the things that this life offers will satisfy for a while, but will always leave us wanting. Thank you, God, because you, will, you show us that there's this, this water of life that only comes from you, that we can all partake of, and the only requirement is for us to be thirsty for it. And so God, I thank you for the hands that were raised and thank you because this shows that there's so much thirst and we need to come back to you. So I thank you for this message and, and we present this message to you as, a, as an offering. And we thank you because you've spoken to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen.